Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for coming to this, the last uh, in this year's LSE European Institute ACPO Worldwide Perspectives on Europe series. It's the last of the lectures in the series. Um, I can't think of a more fitting finale uh, to have Andreas Kubilius, the Prime Minister of Lithuania, talking on Lithuania 2030. I think it wraps up the series very, very well indeed. Prime Minister Kubilius, if there's anyone who marks the modern Lithuanian state, it is Prime Minister Kubilius. In addition to being Prime Minister twice, including being the current incumbent, he was central to the reform movement that led to the independence of Lithuania from the Soviet Union. He's been pivotal in, its, in the emergence of its parliamentary democracy, both as Deputy Speaker of the Parliament, but also in embedding its place within the European Union after accession as Chair of the Parliamentary Committee in European Affairs. There is no one that can speak more to, if you like, Lithuania's present and its future than the Prime Minister. He will speak for about half an hour and then there will be about half an hour for questions. I hope you will join me in warmly welcoming him to the stage. So, hello to everybody. Uh, really, it's a big pleasure and honor to speak with uh, such a brilliant audience here in London School of Economics. It's something unbelievable. Uh, I am a little bit nervous. You know, my background is physics, nothing, uh, you know, I don't understand anything in economy. Uh, so please uh, excuse me <laughs> from the very beginning and uh, of course uh, the question is why I am going to speak about uh, Lithuania in 2030. I should say of course uh, uh, we have some kind of uh, luxury or benefit uh, because what your government uh, is uh, doing today, we did it last year, we cut the deficit last year by 12% of GDP, and just now we have some free time to think about long-term future of Lithuania. So that is why I shall try to speak about long-term future of Lithuania, and especially when I am looking in such a young audience, brilliant economists, uh, I will try to explain you what kind of mistakes we need to avoid. If you will not create business in Lithuania during the next 20 years, you will, do, you will make a very huge mistake. That is what I want to tell you during all my speech. Uh, second, of course, uh, the question is why mm, my uh, presentation is called uh, Cycling into the Future. Well, I have... Uh, Everybody in Lithuania knows that I have a hobby, cycling. And each uh, Sunday, I'm trying to do my 100 kilometers. Uh, of course, uh, security guys are a little bit uh, always nervous to follow me. But when you are doing uh, 100 kilometers per day, after the first 20 kilometers, you are forgetting all the daily business, all the cuts in the budget, uh, all the consolidations and things like that, taxations and everything else. 
and then you are trying to really having free space in your in your in your mind to look a little bit a little bit to a uh, to a further further distance and especially if you are tra traveling to the east from Vilnius uh, closer to the border with Belarus uh, you can uh, pick up on the highest mountain in Lithuania 300 meters right <laughs> and then you see long distances so that is why cycling into the future really helps helps you know to see what what is coming and uh, where we need to uh, to pay to what to what uh, most important items we need to pay uh, our attention so uh, what can we say about uh, about the future about the future uh, which is really not an easy to to understand and to imagine, but we can look uh, into some uh, statements or some some uh, papers made by clever people. Uh, for example, Na National Intelligence Council of United States of America. Uh, perhaps you know, each five years they are producing such a report, Global Trends, uh, for the next 15 years. Uh, this year they published uh, Global Trends uh, for 2025 and uh, uh, some, some forecasts are very well known. First of all that uh, uh, China and India, uh, development of those economies will make, uh, will, will play a major role and, uh, and the development of those economies will bring into the global development uh, some uh, something not very clear outcomes that is uh, for for definitely what we can say second uh, is of course uh, again what uh, what we can say what we can quote from this uh, national intelligence council uh, report that uh, those uh, economies economies of china and india will uh, will develop in a very dynamic way because they are not burdened by historical patterns of development. And uh, dynamism or, or change during uh, the 21st century will be perhaps uh, 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 the, main, the main feature which we shall see. So, uh, and the last point is uh, what, what you can see from that report. Uh, the walls will uh, go from the west to east and uh, and again it will bring quite uh, big uh, changes in 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 in, uh, in uh, the world which we see just now uh, when we're speaking about uh, long-term strategy uh, for 2030 which we are also uh, we have a special committee in Lithuania created by government uh, and uh, we decided that uh, European way to create a strategy for 2020 is, uh, is a little bit too uh, there's too little ambition in that, in, that, in that way of thinking and when you are thinking about uh, strategy for 2030 it's very clear that you cannot base your thinking on, on uh, some kind of continuity it's very clear that you need to uh, uh, to go out from from uh, uh, that understanding which you have just now about the world and then the development in the world 
and we need to, to have absolutely free, free mind and free thinking uh, about, about how, how the world and how Lithuania will look like in, in, in 20 years' time. So that is why cycling is a very good, good uh, you know, uh, activity for such, for such a thinking. We can look into another, uh, uh, another uh, institution which is also making good, good reports about, about the future, Stratfor, Strategic Forecast Institution, again, American private institution. Uh, which is exactly saying what I was uh, trying to, to say just before. Conventional political analysis suffers from profound failure of imagination. When we are thinking about 2030, we cannot think in, in the same logics as we are uh, doing when we are speaking about uh, today or tomorrow or next year. And, uh, and again, very good quotation, at a certain level, when it comes to the future, the only thing one can be sure of of is that common sense will be wrong. So that is, uh, again, why cycling is very good. Uh, so we can, we can look, uh, uh, when we are trying to look into the future, of course we can look into, into what do we know from the history. So if to look into the history, of course uh, it's economy, I am uh, a phrase that you can uh, criticize my, my exactly this slide, but when you, when you will look into the history, you will see that each 10 years, starting for example from 1980s, uh, you will see some kind of big economical crisis, uh, 1980 Latin America debt crisis, 1990s Black Monday, Scandinavian banking crisis in Sweden, Finland, around 2000, Asian financial crisis, uh, Russian financial crisis, which hit us quite heavily at that time, and around uh, 2010, you see what, uh, what is happening just now. So, because my, uh, my background, as I said, is physics, so in physics, we usually from such a sequence, you are making a law, you know, Newton law or something uh, different, but here you can say that it's what we can say about, about the future, that uh, economical crises are repeating almost every decade. They are becoming more globalized. And so the question is, can we predict that there will be global economical crisis in 2020 or also in 2030? That is a question which I don't know who is able to answer, maybe some graduates from London School of Economics. So my personal experience. My personal experience, I was Prime Minister back in 1990-2000 during Russian crisis. Uh, GDP dropped down by 1.7%. Uh, uh, so I had a little bit more of uh, here. Uh, then I became Prime Minister again uh, in 2010. Uh, again, global financial crisis. GDP dropped by 15%. And, uh, and here I'm making uh, uh, a new law of uh, Lithuanian law of economical development. Each time when we are celebrating big anniversary of our independence, we got independence back in the 1990s. So when we are celebrating, when we celebrated 10 years anniversary of our independence, we got economical crisis, and I became a prime minister. When we celebrated 20 years anniversary of our independence, we got global 
economic crisis and I became a prime minister. So <laughs> we can guess who can be a prime minister in 2020 and 2030. <laughs> because again, we shall celebrate we shall celebrate anniversaries of our independence. As uh, from the previous slide, perhaps I convince you that here can be here will be again a global economic crisis and. And then, as a physicist, I can make only one conclusion, who will be a prime minister. It's very clear. So, uh, let's look a little bit uh, to surrounding of Lithuania. Uh, uh, first of all, uh, Europe. And what can we say about, uh, about uh, developments in Europe and, uh, and developments in, uh, of European Union? So, uh, if you look again into the history, of how European Union was created and, uh, and how European Union was developing. European Union was created because of uh, very terrible crisis in Europe, Second World War, before that the First World War, and the uh, outcome was creation of European Union. Then European Union was uh, developing from one crisis to another crisis, each time becoming stronger and more consolidated. And uh, after each crisis, you could see, if you will look back into the history, that here were some new big ideas of Europe, and uh, such as uh, uh, moving from economic community towards European Union, monetary union, Lisbon Treaty, Schengen, uh, Schengen Agreement, and things like that. So, uh, so that is how, how Europe was, was moving forward. And then the question, of course, is uh, what, 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 what is next? So when I was prime minister back in 2000, still we were not uh, members of uh, union, but uh, I was participating as uh, uh, as member of European People's Party in the debates uh, when uh, Lisbon strategy for 2010 was prepared. Very ambitious strategy to become the most competitive and dynamic uh, knowledge-based economy in the world by 2010. Uh, we remember that very strong language, uh, a little bit uh, uh, bringing memories about uh, Soviet time. Uh, Khrushchev was declaring that in, in 10 years' time, uh, Soviet Union will become uh, uh, economically stronger than the United States of America. Uh, still. That strategy is not uh, implemented, uh, but uh, but uh, what we see just now, uh, so Lisbon strategy for 2010, and we have the result, uh, 2010 eurozone crisis in Europe. Uh, so uh, Europe is going to have a strategy 2020. We can ask ourselves what kind of crisis will be in 2020, because perhaps the outcome of that strategy can be very similar to, to the outcomes of strategy which was prepared back in, in 2000. Uh, and uh, I think that uh, Europe really will overcome, overcome uh, uh, the problems of today. I trust in Euro uh, as monetary instrument of big economical entity and Europe will be a big economical entity, more consolidated, more, <coughs> more coordinated. And, uh, but still, still, uh, what is what is uh, uh, what is a deficit? The deficit is of new big ideas in Europe. So, uh, Lisbon Treaty, some kind of uh, rearrangement of political bureaucracy of of, of Europe, which uh, 
which was successfully approved uh, without uh, referendum in Great Britain. Uh, uh, that is not a very big idea. So uh, I think that here will be really big, big uh, need of, of new big ideas in Europe in the in, 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 uh, foreseeable future quite soon. And uh, when we're speaking about Europe, of course, uh, there are quite different opinions about, about, about uh, the future of Europe. Again, global trends uh, uh, are predicting, of course, we need to remember that those are American predictions. Uh, so they see that Europe will be uh, hobbled, giant, distracted by internal bickering and competing national agendas, and less able to translate its economic clout into global influence. That is how Americans see uh, the future of Europe. Uh, Jeremy Rifkin, uh, well-known uh, writer, he published a book, uh, European Dream. Uh, you know, and, uh, and the logic of the book uh, was very simple. The 20th century was the century of American dreams, the 21st century will be the century of European dream. And uh, so uh, that is another way to see how Europe can, 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 uh, can uh, develop itself. And uh, perhaps uh, also you have read, read uh, quite an interesting book of George Friedman, the next uh, 100 years, a forecast for the 21st century. So, uh, uh, and his, his message is, uh, is uh, very, very simple. Eastern Europe will surpass Western Europe in terms of dynamism uh, in the development, in the, in the future development of, of, of Europe. So, uh, uh, so those are, the, the, those are the views towards the development, how, how Europe can develop itself uh, in the 21st century. And, uh, and uh, of course, uh, when we are speaking about Lithuania, uh, we can definitely say that Lithuania will depend very much on EU development, but as I'm always saying, we'll have to win. And uh, so we want to have a strategy how to be one step ahead of uh, of time and step up to the pace of our efforts to stay competitive and visible in a globalized world. And, uh, well, uh, what definitely we can say about Lithuania, really what Friedman said, Lithuania will surpass Western Europe in terms of dynamism. And that is why we need a strategy for 2030, not for 2020. Uh, and that is what, what, uh, what we are exactly just now doing in a special committee for Lithuanian strategy in 2030. Uh, what we can say about Lithuania, because you, of course, you will establish your business uh, during the next 20 years in Lithuania, so you need to know something about Lithuania. And you need to know why we are looking, we are looking into, into the future uh, with very ambitious vision. So um, perhaps uh, those who, who like to read uh, history books, you know that by 14th century, Lithuania was the largest country in Europe as we like to say, from Baltic Sea to the Black Sea. It's a map, old map of Lithuania. You see uh, how, how, how big was Lithuania. You can see Baltic Sea, but not a Black Sea. But Lithuania was going down to the Black Sea. And of course, uh, uh, a lot of different uh, nations and languages 
and cultures uh, were part of our of our grand grand duchy. Uh, of course, we 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 would like to be very proud that uh, uh, Lithuania, old duchy of Lithuania, uh, gave birth to 15 Nobel Prize winners, uh, mostly so-called uh, Litvaks. It means uh, Jewish people who were living uh, very strong cultural and intellectual life exactly in, on the territory of, of uh, old duchy of uh, Lithuania. And that is why we can say that uh, we love to win and we love to sing big and uh, with uh, big ambitions for, for the future. Uh, of course, the uh, uh, future is, is starting uh, right now. We're not only thinking about uh, long-term future, but also we are doing some, some jobs to, to prepare ourselves for, for such an ambitious future. And uh, you can see a map, uh, very interesting map, from Economist magazine. Uh, perhaps April or March issue, I don't remember exactly. Yeah, April, yeah, April, April issue. And uh, you see how Economist magazine uh, is, how to say, reshaping uh, the map of Europe. We were moved uh, to, to the place of Ireland and, and Great Britain. Great Britain was pushed to, you see, to the south of Europe. Uh, and, uh, and you can understand why, why such changes in the map were did by Economist magazine. Uh, simply because our, our economical policies uh, are really, I should say, real Anglo-Saxonian economical policies, and that is why we, we, moved, uh, we moved into, into that, uh, that place. Uh, it's wh what is also important is that if you will look into the east uh, part of that map, you will see that Ukraine and Belarus are pushed into into location of the Baltic states and Poland. So that is, uh, I think, also important. And uh, uh, this is my personal uh, view on how geopolitical geography will look uh, in 2030. What kind of uh, developments we can uh, we can forecast or foresee in in uh, in the region. And uh, so my prediction is that, first of all, EU will be much more consolidated and more federal on political level, uh, because before 2030, we shall have two additional global crises. And as, uh, and as I said before, Europe is moving from one crisis to another crisis, becoming more consolidated. Uh, I think that we can, uh, well, maybe that is a uh, wrong prediction, but uh, uh, but uh, when you see China and India moving uh, with a very rapid uh, developments, uh, uh, so the outcome of that will be much more uh, tight cooperation, economical cooperation in between of US and, and, and European Union, I don't know, free trade agreement or, or some kind of common economic area, uh, that would be a possible uh, outcome of, of, of uh, those developments. Uh, then uh, Baltic Nordic region. Uh, Baltics, uh, we, shall, we shall have very clear, clear 
uh, ambition and clear vision to catch up with Scandinavian countries, uh, with Nordic countries, both in, uh, in development of uh, innovative economy, but also in lifestyle and, and uh, social security. Uh, Russia, uh, well, uh, uh, it's difficult to predict uh, Russian developments. Uh, uh, it can be that Russia will move with uh, what uh, they are trying to do just now, uh, the strategy of modernization of Russia, and Russia becoming uh, modernized European, uh, more, more, more European-style country. But uh, again, from, from the history point of view, uh, it's very clear that uh, Russia uh, is going through some kind of uh, developments uh, being uh, late somewhere out of 50 or 100 years if you compare with, with Europe. So the French Revolution uh, was, uh, uh, here was an attempt to copy the French Revolution back in 1917. But uh, unfortunately for Russia, uh, it went uh, to different results. Uh, Europe uh, went through uh, abolishing of uh, old empires, French, British, uh, and, and, and some, some, some other empires in the middle of 20th century uh, with all the problems of post-imperial syndromes, France not knowing what to do with Algeria and things like that. So Russia is going through the same uh, post-imperial, uh, mm, how to say, development. And, uh, but it's it, it going uh, exactly just now with a lot of difficulties, uh, with, uh, of course, difference if you compare with, with Britain or France is, is, very, is very simple. Colonies of, of Britain and, and France were overseas. Colonies of Russian Empire uh, were next door. It's more painful, but uh, so I, I'm not able to predict exactly how attempts of modernization and post-imperial uh, syndrome, how they will compete each other. And the last point, Belarus, Ukraine, Moldova, Caucasus, I think that they will uh, realize there is a very clear trend, gravitation closer to Europe. Gravitation, it means, again, this is uh, terminology from physics, it happens by itself. Uh, so with all the problems of uh, democracy, human rights, uh, and, 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 and things like that, gravitation will, will happen. In which form gravitation will result, I'm not able to predict, but uh, Again, for sure, there will be a strong interest uh, from uh, EU side, uh, especially when China and, and India uh, will become really much more visible uh, as uh, those who are leading economical development globally. Europe will, will look for a possibility to strengthen itself as an economical entity, attracting some some emerging economies closer to Europe. So, uh, so that is what we can say about about surrounding of Lithuania. Uh, what we can say about Lithuania, uh, why, uh, why we 
uh, when we are looking uh, to, to the future uh, for the next 30 years, we can say about ourselves very simple words. Dynamism and ambition. So you, if you will look into this calendar, you can see up till now what kind of dynamism we were facing or we were showing and what we achieved during uh, last 20 years. Uh, what we are ready to achieve uh, during the next 20 years, again, we can show in this calendar. Of course, next year we shall win uh, European Basketball Championship, which will be held in, in Lithuania. We are not so good in, in football, sorry for some problems which you have. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I am not able to give any advice on, on that. On basketball we can we can we can give some advice. So we shall win basketball and uh, uh, perhaps in 2012 we should put that uh, maybe we shall win also uh, Olympic Games in London in basketball uh, but uh, uh, we are quite quite polite here. Then of course uh, of course uh, uh, we have a very clear strategy introduction of euro or achieving sound fiscal fiscal situation uh, before 2014 and uh, becoming Nordic Baltic high tech service hub uh, starting from 2015 uh, till till 2030 which you will see that we shall really we shall achieve such a result and that is why I'm again repeating don't be late because Lithuania is not a big country there is not so so much space for good business you know and don't be late uh, so, and, uh, and what will be most important uh, when we are looking uh, towards, towards the future, uh, it's not technologies what, uh, what will be important. We cannot say what kind of technologies will be the most popular and what technologies will achieve during the next 20 years. It's impossible. I remember back in the 90s when I saw the first fax machine uh, brought to Lithuania, you know, to our uh, independence movement headquarters. I was absolutely surprised. I said that I'm a physicist and I cannot understand how it works. But fax machines almost disappeared during, during those 20 years. So what kind of uh, technologies will be, will be uh, you know, uh, most important uh, uh, during the next 20 years? Even being a physicist, I cannot predict. But uh, dynamism of technologies really is what I am saying is a destiny. It will happen. Technologies will change very rapidly. What is a prerequisite for, uh, for the country's dynamic development? Uh, not, to, not, to, not, to, not to be late, uh, not to be you know, overcome uh, by, by global developments. It's of course, the most important thing is dynamism of people. And uh, so uh, I saw, I, I showed you before really the calendar of dynamism of Lithuania, and uh, that is uh, what perhaps is really uh, our our feature, which which uh, which makes us uh, looking towards the future quite comfortable. And uh, you you have just now debates on the budget. We had last year. We cut expenditure. We cut. We cut uh, uh, the deficit by 12% of GDP. And uh, people 
uh, of course, not, we were not very happy with all those cuts. But uh, the story was absolutely different if you compare, for example, Lithuania, how people were behaving, and, and, and Greece. Because people are not afraid of challenges in Lithuania. Because people uh, still are not accustomed to a luxury life, and that is why we can, we can be really ambitious and we can go forward with ambitious, ambitious agenda and ambitious vision. So, uh, in, in, in the Council for National Strategy, uh, which we created for, for developing of uh, Lithuanian strategy to 2030, we agreed that uh, the biggest challenge will be the challenge of values, of common values, agreed values, uh, uh, with our people and challenge of the real uh, leadership with such a values. So what kind of values we see as the most important? First of all, dynamism, which I am repeating and repeating, and dynamism which comes from being not afraid of change. Being not afraid of change and being not afraid of global competition. And uh, here is, of course, quite a big challenge to mentality of the people. Usually people are afraid of change, and people are afraid of global competition. And uh, even in Lithuania, you can feel that uh, it will be a challenge to achieve such a common value among our people. Second value, ability to learn. So what, what is needed for people, of course, is uh, all the needed instruments to, ability to, to, to have ability to learn how different is the world. So language skills, uh, IT skills, mobility of the people, that will be the most important values uh, which, which you need to develop in your, in your country. And of course creativity of the people and uh, ability of effective execution. And uh, so when we are looking to the strategy, what, what will be the most important issues in, uh, in, in the strategy for 2030, of course, education, 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 and uh, common values of the people, agreed values, which uh, will, will, uh, will, uh, will be a basis for ambitious vision, and then a political will, is b which will be based on common values and ambitious vision. And uh, uh, that is why very important is, of course, uh, some kind of uh, agreement. Uh, what kind of uh, people will be able to implement such a strategy? And uh, I think that we in Lithuania can uh, uh, can uh, be compared with uh, very good formula of Jack Welch, uh, you know. Uh, the former CEO of General Electric, uh, sometimes writing very nice books about management and, and things like that. And his formula, uh, how he was uh, hiring people into, into General Electric. His formula was called, uh, he was calling his formula 4E and 1P. So what, what this formula means? What is the most important in, in, in the values of people? First of all, energy. Second, ability to energize others. The third one, set A, set E, edge, to make clear-cut decision, yes or no. You can have long discussions, but at the end you need to have very clear-cut decision, yes or no. 
And then when you are making decision, you need to execute the decision. You, you need to have a result. And, and the last, from the formula 1P, bash, love to win. That is what is very important. And uh, I think that this formula is really a very good one. Lithuanians are almost matching this formula, but we shall improve a little bit. And uh, with uh, education and with, with, uh, with uh, uh, agreement on common values, we can achieve really uh, much better matching of the formula. So what I did. Uh -huh. So uh, very briefly, I am coming to conclusion very briefly uh, how we are going to uh, with the implementation of the strategy, which is still not prepared, but we have a very clear vision. We are we are we are working on the strategy, but uh, life is very is very dynamic, and uh, so we are starting to implement uh, strategy without uh, final version of the strategy. Uh, so uh, you can see again uh, that economical uh, developments in 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 Lithuania as. Uh, in all in all Europe and in, in our region especially three Baltic states went down with uh, quite a heavy recession minus 15% last year but uh, the growth uh, during the last 10 years was really very rapid and cumulative growth was one of the fastest in in, in Europe so uh, the recession was very deep but recovery is quite a, a rapid one and uh, and uh, and uh, recovery and uh, and uh, economical developments uh, well recession and, and recovery of course um, uh, asked from us very strong political will and very dynamic decisions last year so as I said before we cut uh, the deficit by 12% of GDP just now we send a new package we have currency board uh, arrangement. Our, our currency is packed to, to euros, so we, we had no ability to, to use some kind of monetary instruments. Uh, and we were forced to go through internal devaluation. Uh, so you can see that uh, uh, labor costs in Lithuania went down by 11%, quarter by quarter, annual, annual comparison. and. Uh, and it means that we are uh, regaining uh, competitiveness in our economy, but through really very painful decisions. In average, uh, in public sector salaries went down by 10%. My own salary went down by, by 40%, but uh, still I am surviving. <laughs> and uh, my wife, she's complaining, but uh, you will see uh, how we are keeping uh, family values. Uh, uh, and you can see that we are, we are pushing forward uh, a new package of consolidation just now uh, with the pension reforms, labor, labor code reform, and, and, and that is again uh, showing what, what uh, dynamic development we need to, to implement in Lithuania. Uh, here are some, some comments from Economist and Forbes magazine. Good comments. We are very proud that uh, we are receiving uh, such uh, recognition internationally. In, uh, not always domestically. Uh, so, uh, 
what what is our vision uh, from uh, let's say economical point of view of course we see ourselves as uh, uh, Nordic Baltic region uh, high tech service hub uh, uh, with a very, very very strong possibilities to have such a result quite soon uh, you can see some some uh, some basic information why we are so sure about about such a development because really we have uh, first of all we have very strong uh, very strong uh, IT infrastructure digital infrastructure we have really very well uh, educated people and uh, and uh, some other very important important features are uh, allowing us to look into the future in a very very uh, confident way uh, dynamism global leadership in ICT infrastructure you can see that we we have uh, the largest uh, mobile uh, penetration in Europe together with Italy we are Catholics we like to talk very much so that is why why it happens we have really very good quality of internet uh, we are number four it's Cambridge University uh, evaluation uh, we don't know where is Great Britain but sorry next time we shall we shall bring also uh, results about about Great Britain uh, higher education and education uh, which is very important so you can see some Again, some, some basic numbers, what, where we are strong uh, in, in education, really uh, language skills are very well developed, and, and, uh, and again, I, I, would, I, would, uh, 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 I would try to, to, uh, to stress uh, the second line, 40% of uh, younger generation have higher education. So we, we have, uh, those numbers are something like two times larger than average in Europe. And so uh, that is why we are again very confident about the future. So and uh, cycling into the future with family values, uh, it's, you see, and the uh, radical start of cycling uh, was started last year with major reforms in higher education, uh, development of knowledge infrastructure, we are pushing uh, around 10% of, 10 of uh, uh, EU structural funds into two uh, most advanced high-tech clusters around Vilnius and Kaunas universities. Of course, if, if they have Silicon Valley, we shall have Sunrise Valley. Uh, Sunrise uh, uh, is a name of, of street. Sunrise Street is, is exactly where in Vilnius we have uh, uh, university campus. And hunting of uh, foreign direct investment in high-tech industries is one is one of the major priorities uh, uh, at the moment for us and uh, we are very happy that during the last six months when we started this uh, targeted hunting of big multinational names to, to attract them to invest into the future uh, hub of, of high-tech services. We got Barclays, we got Western Union, we got IBM, we got Thermo Fisher Scientific which is one of the biggest multinational American companies in, in working in uh, biotech industry. And, uh, and that is uh, how things are, from the very start, uh, moving towards our ambitious vision 2030. And the vision will look like this. You will see in 2030, you will see the Time magazine with such a cover. And on the cover, you will see very simple <laughs> words. Have you been to Sunrise Valley Vilnius? That will be 
the destiny for everybody and uh, thanks a lot that is how Lithuania will look like in 2030 smart country in a smart region so thanks a lot Thank you very much for such a witty, impressive, and wide-ranging wide speech. We have about half an hour for questions. There are roving mics, I, I see. Uh, I promise, Sabi, I'll take them in batches of three. If we could, the gentleman just there, if you could identify yourself. Yes, you, you with, with the purple... Uh... Uh, Ranjiv Gunawardner, thank you very much for that enlightening presentation. Um, I actually work for a think tank, and we actually wrote a policy on attracting foreign direct investment to small economies like yourself. I'd just like to ask you, as you uh, cor uh, correctly mentioned, that uh, in the future, according to think tanks, uh, there's going to be a lot of development from the East. How are you trying to attract that foreign direct investment to your economy? Well, uh, I should say that we are, what we are doing just now, uh, we are going uh, I should say with Irish strategy, uh, strategy of Ireland, uh, following uh, in a very similar way what Ireland was doing uh, at the end of the 80s, uh, last century. So first of all, of course, Ireland before uh, before end of the 80s he had a very deep economical crisis, and usually you need to have economical crisis before you start uh, to think in a different way and you are starting to look for foreign direct investment. And then, of course, what we are doing, we are uh, we are targeting our efforts, and I personally, with Minister of Economy, he's somewhere here, uh, and, uh, and, and, uh, and uh, with our team, we are going, uh, you know, uh, almost as in political campaign, canvassing, you know, knocking the doors, of big multinational companies and saying, here we are, don't make a mistake, come to Lithuania and invest as, as quickly as possible. And it works. Uh, we, we had a visit to Silicon Valley back in February, and Silicon Valley and, and, and uh, New York City, and we met with IBM people in New York City. And in May, during our second visit to the United States, we signed MOU on, on, uh, on uh, uh, on uh, IBM uh, uh, creating or establishing research and development of their global research and development centers in Lithuania. So that is how, how we are working, and, and that is how Ireland worked. Uh, if you read, uh, for example, the story how they managed to, to attract Intel investment into, into Ireland, which became the first uh, big multinational company which came into Ireland, and then others started to follow. And uh, such kind of uh, strategy, if you will read, it will look like, a, I don't know, Western, you know, story almost. Uh, it was a real hunt of, of Intel investment into Ireland. So we are trying to follow the same uh, style. And uh, when we shall have uh, a larger number of multinational companies uh, invested into, into Lithuania, I think that we shall see that others will follow you know, going behind them. Um, gentleman up there, in the, yes, in the blue, down, yes, that's that row. No, back one. 
You, you sir. The Navy, Navy. Oh. Yes. Hi. Uh, I'm a student, and I'm a graduate student here at VLSE, and I'm going to graduate in a few months. And I think, like my colleagues, we ha we are just few of us here, like five students or something. And we have like a big dilemma now. We're thinking, shall we go back home or shall we stay here? And like my specific question is, uh, what is your government doing to attract us? Do you have any schemes for us? Or like uh, to, to come back, you know? Because I feel like the LSE Career Service, the UK is doing more for us to stay here, you know? So that's a simple question. Well, my answer is very simple. You can, uh if my young and very smart and very tall advisor, Mikolas Mayovskas, would show himself just now, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> so he spent four years here in, in London City, uh, working in, in the city in, in, in banking sector, and he uh, came back and became my advisor. So if you want to become my advisors, please come back. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, just, just there. Mr. Prime Minister, thank you very much for your, for, I appreciate your candor and your vision. It's quite inspirational. Um, you didn't spend much time about the short-term um, ways in, in, in which you're going to carry your vision. But in six months' time, Lithuania will be given the OSCE chair. As you, I'm sure you, uh, you, uh, you, um, you have huge plans for this. How are you going to use this position to advance your, your 30 year scheme and, and uh, what, what do you plan to do for, the, for your three years? Well, uh, chairmanship in OSCE, of course, is a challenge. It's a challenge for us. Uh, uh, we shall try to do our best. Uh, we shall target our efforts uh, to. First of all, to, to assist, if that is possible, uh, solution of so-called frozen conflicts, but it will be not so easy to achieve in Moldova, Georgia, or some, somewhere else, Azerbaijan and, and Armenia. Uh, but uh, what, uh, what I am trying to, to use all the opportunities which, which we can have really to, mm, uh, to achieve one goal, which I mentioned very briefly, uh, our eastern neighborhood countries, which are in between of uh, us or European Union and Russia, uh, their development and their mm, direction is a very important, important uh, issue from all, 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 looking from all sides. And uh, how to say, speeding uh, their gravitation closer to Europe, using all the opportunities, chairmanship of NRC, uh, then presidency in, in European Union in, in 2013. Uh, that is one of the major strategic goals, uh, you know, which we have in our foreign policy. Uh, for example, very interesting developments. I am going from London, I am going uh, uh, to Minsk. Not directly, we shall, we shall have uh, good holidays, mid, mid-summer holidays uh, this weekend. Uh, but then on Monday I'm going to, to Minsk. Uh, and I shall meet uh, not only opposition, but I shall meet also Prime Minister and President Lukashenko. Uh, you know, exactly just now we have some kind of uh, gas crisis. Russia cut uh, 
uh, gas supplies to Belarus. We have the same pipeline going going from Belarus, uh, going from Russia through Belarus to Lithuania and then to Kaliningrad. Still, we are not suffering because of that, but very, very interesting, interesting developments in Belarus. Not, uh, I'm not speaking about uh, progress in human rights or democracy. It's not, not for time being. I don't see any, any, any progress. But uh, even Belarusian opposition is is saying that during the next presidential elections, Lukashenko will be not a candidate of uh, Moscow. There will be somebody else who will be supported by by Kremlin. So, and we see quite, uh, quite. Uh, interesting uh, interest from Belarusian side, uh, from the government side, to be more open uh, towards Lithuanian investment, towards European investment, and things like that. Um, the lady in the, sort of in the middle, in the blue and white, yes, with her hands, just take, put her hand down. Thank you. Uh, Beata Vaz, Veritas Human Rights Group. Prime Minister, I'm sure you're quite aware that immigration is quite a huge problem currently in Lithuania. And the young colleague just over there, they asked about, you know, your your government actions in order to attract young people. But immigration also involves um, other older people from all walks of life. And my question is, what is the uh, the government strategy currently that you know you are doing in order to reduce the number of people leaving the country, and in the future to attract the dynamic working pool that you were just talking about? Thanks. Of course, immigration is uh, is a big problem, no doubt. But uh, you need to look what what are the reasons of immigration. The reasons are economic. Uh, with the recession. Uh, Minus 15 percent, and unemployment around of 17 or 18 percent. Of course, uh, people are looking for, for better possibilities uh, somewhere else. Uh, while Lithuanians are sometimes it looks like that they are migrating in a larger number than, for example, our neighbors Latvians or Estonians. Uh, that is a question, uh, but uh, uh, some uh, philosophers were explaining uh, that because of our mentality coming back from uh, uh, historical Grand Duchy uh, times, we are brave people. And uh, that is why Lithuanians are not afraid uh, of uh, going directly to London or to, to, to Madrid or somewhere else. Uh, Besides that, that we are always looking into immigration as a very big problem and challenge, we need to see also some kind of positive, uh, uh, positive aspect. Uh, Lithuanians studying in London School of Economics or somewhere else in London or Cambridge or Oxford or, or other universities, uh, getting experience with their works in, in London city or again somewhere else, uh, they are becoming some kind of uh, treasure for Lithuania. Uh, and, uh, uh, and that is what, what, uh, what you can see from all, all the stories of big immigrations. 
if you will look, uh, for example, into Indian development, recent development. So one of the very powerful factors was uh, the situation that quite a big number of Indians immigrated to the United States of America. They're working in Silicon Valley, and they're coming back to, to invest into India uh, or, or, or to develop some kind of high-tech uh, business. If to look into, again, I'm coming back to Irish story, which we are trying to follow. So the whole story about uh, how Intel was attracted to, 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 to invest into Ireland. Uh, at the end of, of all the debates, and, and uh, uh, Margaret Thatcher was trying to convince Ronald Reagan at that moment that Intel should invest into Great Britain. But uh, uh, Intel said that, well, the conditions which uh, Irish government was presenting were better than Great Britain was uh, offering. Uh, but Intel said, well, the only problem is that you don't have in Ireland at that time uh, skilled people uh, with engineering uh, qualifications which can work in, in such a factory as Intel, which is producing uh, uh, processors for, for microprocessors for computers. So what, what Irish government uh, did, they asked uh, uh, four weeks' time, and uh, their special committee ran around all the uh, Irish communities in the United States of America, and they got 400 signatures of engineers of Irish origin that if Intel is, is coming to, to invest into, into Ireland, they are coming back uh, you know, to work in, that, in, in the Intel. When Barclays uh, decided to establish the uh, IT engineering, one of the global centers in Vilnius, where they were looking for people, Lithuanian people, to work in Barclays Center, here in London. Uh, the, gen the gentleman at the second row from the back, with his hand up. Uh, uh, Dr. Shara Ali, I also I teach philosophy for lifelong learners at Birkbeck, and I'm also a member of the Green Party. I wanted to ask you a bit about uh, climate change, if I may, because there didn't seem to be much um, in your presentation to challenge the predominant economic model, which um, you know is a kind of a business as usual approach, and it's highly unsustainable. And the consumption model contributes towards climate change. And um, I wonder what you're planning to do to combat that. Instead of sort of multinational global corporations, don't we need more resilience um, in uh, communities and countries such as your own, more local production uh, that has less of a, an impact on, on the planet and to safeguard future generations as well. And so when you spoke about um, cycling towards the future, I was hoping that you might actually be incorporating a, uh, a better transport policy uh, as well. So wh what would you planning to do about climate change, please? Well, uh, you know, uh, uh, climate change is a very important uh, policy, but I don't know if really climate will change uh, in such a way as it is, uh, as it is predicted just now. Uh, but in any case, what will uh, happen, uh, definitely, it's very clear that uh, there will be much more use of uh, alternative energy resources, oil uh, and perhaps uh, gas as uh, the most important uh, energy resources will, will, will diminish uh, their role. 
nuclear, solar energy, wind energy, uh, biofuels uh, will be will 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 will, uh, will come as, as as much more important energy energy resources. So from that point of view, I think that uh, we shall see uh, how uh, pollution also will diminish because of that. Uh, of course. Uh, I can I can foresee also that uh, uh, bicycles will stay very very popular, even in Lithuania. But also electromobiles will come as as uh, major development. Smart smart cars, smart grids, smart uh, new technologies uh, will be will be uh, definitely the outcome uh, of of uh, of dynamic global development uh, and. Uh, I think that it will be also the answer towards towards uh, the challenges of, of climate change. Uh, so uh, I, I hope that uh, people are smart enough not to not to kill themselves and not to kill uh, the whole uh, world. So that is why I trust in smartness of people, and I trust that people with their smartness also will find uh, smart uh, decisions and smart technologies how to fight climate change. Uh, the, the, lady, the lady there. Um, yes, you. Hello. I was just wondering how important for Lithuania's future will be keeping a good relationship with its neighboring countries because of the present situation with uh, Belarus, as you mentioned, their nuclear ambitions in building this um, atomic nuclear plant, as well as deteriorating relationships with Poland and not mentioning Russia. And um, how will it affect um, Lithuania's role that Lithuania plays in the region in the future? Is, going, is Lithuania going to be some kind of um, idea leader, maybe, from the free Baltic states, or just like a good neighbor? Well. Uh uh, first of all, I don't see um, deterioration of our relationship with Poland. Uh, that is not happening. We have some minor issues uh, on, 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 let's say, b minority, uh, both Polish minority in Lithuania or Lithuanian minority in Poland. But that is not not uh, not not a challenge to, to really good strategic relationship in between of, of Lithuania and Poland and, and historical relationship. Uh, so in uh, uh, relations with, with Belarus, I said some, 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 uh, some stories how, how we see the development Russia. Uh, Russia, again, is, is uh, quite an interesting development uh, which we can see during the last uh, year or half a year, uh, we can see quite quite uh, a change in the attitude towards towards the neighboring countries. Uh, I had uh, in in March I had a meeting with uh, Prime Minister Putin. Uh, we we spent something like hour and a half more than it was uh, predicted before before the meeting, and the last half an hour we spent. We discussed uh, very sensitive historical issues, crimes of Stalinism, suffering of people during that period, and things like that. So it was it was uh, quite a, a new new experience. Uh, 
several years ago, you know, I I I, I had a joke that uh, it was really absolutely different different situation. Uh, you know, I had a joke that in Europe we are changing uh, who is in the presidency each six months. At that time, Russia was. Uh, Changing who is the enemy, enemy in, in the neighborhood, Georgia, you know, Estonia, or, or, or Ukraine, or, or Lithuania. Just now, we see, as I said before, we see some some kind of new positive developments. Uh, of course, our our strategic interest is to have good relations with with Russia, but it depends very much on Russia. We would like to see what a but a normal European style of relations in between of uh, smaller country and larger country, as you can see, for example, in between of Luxembourg and, and Germany. But uh, of course, uh, I don't know if we shall have such relationship in between of Lithuania and Russia in 2030. We are optimists, but also realists. Um, ah, and and on the Baltic, Baltic region. Uh, I think that uh, we shall need to have much more close uh, cooperation between of three Baltic states. Having a very clear agenda, what I just mentioned uh, uh, in, in my presentation, catching up with Scandinavian countries. And that is our, we need to have our strategy. We, we don't, uh, uh, we cannot wait when Scandinavians will decide that, okay, we shall take you up to that level of Scandinavian development. We need to have our, our clear strategy, and, for, and for, for implementation of such a strategy, uh, it will be very clear that we shall need to have much more close cooperation, first of all, in, in, on economical issues. Um, gentlemen, right at the back of the last row, that's the one. Uh, Prime Minister, good evening. I wonder if you could tell us a bit more in detail about the state of UK-Lithuanian relations and how you see things evolving under the new coalition. Personally, I think they're okay. I know we've given your country a new minesweeper, for example, but I wonder if you could talk in a bit more detail about how you see Lithuanian-British relations. Thank you. Well, uh, uh, Perhaps I will not be able to say something very, very, very specific. Oh, I had a very, very good meeting with uh, David Cameron back in November. I promised uh, if he will uh, become a prime minister and, and will go with uh, uh, austerity measures and consolidation of the deficit, we shall be available as experts. Uh, just now, I, I think that we can be also good experts on, on how to uh, runs a coalition government. We have four parties in the coalition, so there will be any kind of, of troubles we are available. And in addition to that, uh, uh, we, we can be experts also how to run minority government, because uh, in our coalition uh, one party split and uh, we have almost minority. So that is where we can be, uh, you know, uh, good in, 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 in giving some kind of advice, but in a more serious way, uh, really we, we would like to have uh, uh, some kind of uh, uh, new dynamism in our, in our cooperation. I remember very well back in, in uh, the beginning of 90s, uh, 
we had very strong cooperation in, in among uh, among our parties, Conservative Party in, in United Kingdom and, and and my own party, Conservative Party in Lithuania, and uh, we got a lot of assistance in, in in teaching us how to how to campaign, how to build a political structure, and things like that. Uh, maybe with with a new government, uh, we shall again uh, political po political activity of Great Britain in our region um, will will uh, will be. Uh, much more seen, but really, we we would we would uh, be very happy uh, to have stronger, stronger, stronger cooperation. Uh, both United States, both United Kingdom, and and uh, and we we are strong uh, uh, allies in our Atlantic cooperation. Uh, maybe we have a little bit different uh, views on on uh, on how EU should develop itself and what is the role of euro, but it's it's a minor difference. Um, just on that. Um, you gave us a picture of uh, how the Lithuanian government is planning to support your 2030 strategy. Could you tell us a little bit about the role of the non-government organizations in Lithuania in terms of cooperating with and coordinating your cycling into 2030 strategy? Uh, well, thanks. Uh, very good question. Uh, well, we are looking into, into this challenge to have a good strategy for 2030. I see two very important results which we need to achieve. One is really to have a strategy how to cycle into the future of 2030 with a very clear goals, with a very clear instruments, uh, how to start the cycling, what, we, what I was trying to show. But second uh, very important result which we want to achieve is really to have as broad and as deep national debate. Uh, on such a strategy, uh, because it's not so difficult to, to have, you know, uh, to close the doors of your cabinet, to have five or ten, you know, clever people to sit down and to write a strategy, but it will not work. If the nation will not feel itself that they are owners of that strategy, owners of, of really very clear vision, uh, then it will be very difficult to go with such a strategy which, as I was trying to show, it's not a strategy on which kind of technologies we shall use in Lithuania, what kind of smart grids or, or smart electromobiles we shall use in, in Lithuania uh, after 20 years. The strategy is about values of the people, about mentality of the people, how to change, how to educate, how to, how to bring, you know, really very, very, very strong understanding, very strong value basis for next stage of our development, for modernization of Lithuania, for Lithuania becoming a you know, country which is not afraid of global competition and which is winning in global competition. So that is why the process of discussion, national discussion, is perhaps even more important than you know, 
the text or paper of, or on, on that strategy. So, and we we started to uh, to have such regional, local uh, discussions, discussions with uh, in NGO, different NGO groups, you know. And I see really uh, that people people uh, they are starting to understand why we need such a strategy. You know, I'm in politics. Uh, when I switched from, from uh, physics back in 1988, I'm in politics for almost 20 years. And uh, when we got independence, and when we were fighting for independence, it was even, it looks like that it was even perhaps easier than today. Because we had a very clear vision what we want to achieve, and a very clear strategy what we want to achieve. We wanted independence, we wanted democracy, we wanted uh, human rights, we wanted market economy, and we wanted integration into, into, into Western community, NATO and European Union. And during the last 20 years, we more or less we achieved those results. And then the question is, so what is next? What is on our agenda for the next 20 years? So 20 years ago, it was a national strategy, what we need to achieve. So just now again, we need a strategy not for government, not for, for, for politicians, but a new national strategy for the next 20 years. And that is why really debates, discussions, NGOs, and, and things like that are a very important uh, part of this process. Um, it's a tribute to the quality of the presentation and the question of answers that there's so many hands up. But we only have time, unfortunately, for one last question. Um, just the lady there. Hi, my question is, do you feel that Lithuanians are ready for this strategy? Sorry? Could you speak you up a bit, please? Yes, sorry. Um, my question is, is the nation ready for this strategy? Well, uh is nation waiting for the strategy? Ready. Ready or ready? ready. Uh, the strategy is exactly about how to increase the readiness of nation for <laughs> implementation of such a strategy. <laughs> now, uh, I was trying to show that. What I was speaking about, I was speaking again, not about technologies, but about values. About the Lithuanian people not afraid of change, keeping the same dynamism which we were showing during the last 20 years, not afraid of global competition. And that will very much depend, of course, on, on the debates which we are trying to have. And also on intellectual leadership of the country. That is again very important. It's not the government, it's not the president, it's not the prime minister uh, who alone can come up out and, and say, okay, you know, I have a vision, I have a dream, and uh, follow me, and, uh, and, you know, and, and, uh, and everybody will be happy. Uh, what we are trying to do with all the process, we're trying really to, to collect what we can call uh, intellectual political leadership in Lithuania to speak out, to discuss with the nation about what are our, our goals and our vision for the next 20 years. And I am very happy that really we, we see enthusiasm among exactly intellectual uh, 
leaders of Lithuania who are coming to that uh, uh, committee which we created to, to, to start all the debates about the strategy. And, and that shows me that we can go forward. Prime Minister, um, first of all, I'd like to pay tribute to your physical prowess. I cycle every day 10 kilometres up the largest hill in uh, London, which is about 200 metres high, and it absolutely kills me. So uh, Lithuania seems a very steep country to me. Uh, partly out of respect for that, but more out of courtesy to our speaker, could I ask everyone to remain seated until after we've left the stage? Um, finally, however, I'd like to say that I think we in the UK could learn from you and Lithuania, not just in managing our debts, our coalitions, or even our national sporting teams. But it's rare that, um, well, certainly rare for, to hear U UK politicians talk with such a scope. It tends to be very much about managing the day-to-day. -day. Thank you for such a hugely impressive, wide-ranging and ambitious talk and being so direct and full in your answers to, the, to a very wide range of questions. We have a small thank you present. One of some light reading for your oh. midsummer holiday, all about it, well, narcissistically, all about LSE. Yeah. The second is a uh, certificate from our director oh, thanking you and marking your, your visit. Thank you very much.